welcome. And the Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord, who calls us to this time and place of worship so that we may know his presence, so that we may be faithful witnesses. It is a wonderful gift to be with you and to share in this time of worship. We welcome you all, especially those guests who may be with us. We thank you for blessing us with your presence in this time of worship. And I would just remind you of the registration pads that we find in our pews because it helps us to know of you sharing in worship with us this morning at First Church. As we gather, I hope we are also mindful to opportunities as they are before us. A slight change in our schedule for the week, since tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day, we will not have the children's choirs gather here in the afternoon. Uh, but related to that, I will be a part of the Interfaith Council of Martinsville Henry County at three o'clock this afternoon. There will be a conversation regarding the legacy of Dr. King at First Baptist Church on Starling Avenue. I will be there with other faith leaders and welcome you to be a part of that as well. We do see the ministries of the Lunch Bunch before us. We see that Terry Mitchell will be leading the Reed Robbins class in the study for four weeks starting in, is that February? It's in our bulletin, I know, during the month of February. So if you're not affiliated with the Sunday School class especially, we welcome you to be a part of that. Welcome you to be a part of the Super Bowl in two weeks. It's always a wonderful ministry uh, that will be led by children and youth and their parents. And also the Mayberry Bible Study continues on Tuesday, and we welcome you to be a part of that. As we gather for worship, we share scripture from the Gospel of John in which John the Baptist witnesses to the Lamb of God. We see this before us, and I hope you will recognize this as a part of the space that is First United Methodist Church. There's a doorway that leads into the elevator area downstairs, and this work of art stands above that doorway. Uh, I've always been very fond and very grateful of that and welcome that being before us as we share in this time of worship. Also welcome Michelle Smith-Johnson to offer your gifts of music in this time of worship. Thank you for being with us, Michelle. And I'll invite us now to prepare to worship God together.
Thank you, children. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Anne. Love that little salsa beat there. Did you notice that, Rebecca? Salsa beat, yeah. We're going Latin. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Lily Kate Sapp will lead us in our call to worship. I invite us to stand. Please join me in the call of worship. When fear is holding you back, come and see and follow Christ. When despair has brought you down, lift up your head and follow Christ. When all seems lost and the world is too harsh, take his hand and follow Christ. In this time of worship, let us follow Jesus and know that Jesus is with us. Christ has come before us, Christ is with us, and Christ will come.
please be seated. Please join me in our opening prayer. Eternal light shines into our hearts. Eternal goodness, deliver us from evil. Eternal power, be our support. Eternal wisdom, scatters the darkness of our ignorance. Eternal pity, have mercy upon us, that with all of our hearts and minds and souls and strength, we may seek your face and be brought by your infinite mercy to your holy presence. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Kendall. And I'll invite Taylor Roach to lead us in the reading of our Psalter. And we will share responsibly in the Psalter. Our choir will offer the response. Excuse me, it will be played, and then the choir will offer the response, and then we will sing along. And we will respond as Taylor will lead us in the reading. for the Lord, who inclined to me and heard my cry. The Lord drew me up from the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. The Lord put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and be in who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. O Lord, my God, you have multiplied your wondrous deeds, and your thoughts go with us. None can be compared with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have Burnt offering and sin offering, you have not required. Then I said, Lo, I come. In the roll of the book, it is written to me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Blessed are those who 
have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Lo, I have not restrained my lips as you know, O Lord. I have not hid your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and faithfulness from the great congregation. O Lord, do not withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and faithfulness ever preserve me. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, and thank you, Taylor. I invite our children to come forward as we share in our children's time. sit right here and I'll invite you to do the same. And I've got a question for you. Do we think we have rooms for everyone? And my question is this. Who have you spoken with this morning? Who have you had some conversations with just this morning before coming to church? Parents? Perhaps you spoke with some people here at church, some friends or Sunday school teachers or people here in the congregation. Who did you speak with uh, this past week? Friends, okay. Teachers, okay, maybe some coaches if you're in sports. And how did you speak with them? Just used words, just like we're talking here. Did anyone speak on a phone, use a cell phone? Anyone speak on a house phone? Maybe buy a... Well, I, I ask that question because you and I, as, as people of faith, are invited to be in conversation not just with one another. We're invited to talk not just with teachers and parents and friends, pastors, those who may teach us here. We are also called to be those people who speak with God, to have conversation with God. And how do we do that? How do we talk with God? We pray. Okay. Do we always speak our prayers? Sometimes we do, but there can be silent prayer too. Do we need a phone to... No, we don't, fortunately. Because wherever we are, in the midst of, of whatever we may be doing, we can go to God in prayer. The disciples ask Jesus a lot of questions. One of the most important questions, or it wasn't really a question as much as it was a request, was Jesus, teach us to pray. We know it's important to be people of prayer. Jesus would tell his disciples to ask, to seek, to knock, to be those who are always trying to get the attention of God and going to, to God as if you're, 
You're knocking on the doors. If you're asking and seeking, you don't stop. You do that all the time. And one of the early leaders of the church, a man named Paul, would write to those in the church, and he would say to them, pray without ceasing. Don't stop. Prayer is so important to go to God in prayer. And it may be our prayers are prayers of, of thanksgiving. We're happy and we're thankful. Or it may be prayers in which we're, we're sad at times and say, God, we don't understand. This hurts. But regardless, when we go to God in prayer, we are assured God is with us, that God hears us, and that God has not forgotten us. And we, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we can go to God, say as much as we like. We may be silent. I think it's also helpful for us to be those who, who listen, too. See what God might be saying to us. So we speak and we listen, but in all things we know God is with us through God's gift of prayer. And I'm going to act, ask you to pray with me, and I'm going to say a few words of prayer and then just ask you to repeat after me, okay? God, we thank you that you are with us, that you teach us to pray. Help us, Lord, to pray without ceasing. Help us to ask, to seek, to knock. And remind us, Lord, that you are with us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Children, thank you. Thank you for sharing in this time of prayer. And now Ms. Vaughn will lead you to Children's Church.
Keegan Jones will lead us in the reading of our gospel. Thank you, Keegan. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him, toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, this is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me. For he was before me, I myself did not know him. But for this I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend as a dove from heaven, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with, with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was standing with, again, John was standing with his two disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? He said to them. Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, P Simon the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Thank you, Keegan. Well, we know within the Christian faith, there is a great number of beloved words of faith, words we hear within this service of worship. Faith, hope, love, forgiveness, pardon, peace. These and other words of faith we welcome into our company, and they are words for which we are very grateful. Yet we also know there are those words within our faith that may trouble us. For example, I'm thinking of a word we just heard from the Gospel of John, a word we heard more than once. That word is witness. Now, perhaps for me to suggest the word witness is a scary word that may surprise you, and I understand, because you may remember a powerful witness of faith offered by a loved one, because you may have been given opportunity to offer powerful witness to your faith. Still, you may understand why I speak of witness as a scary word. Perhaps you've been asked to give your witness and have shuddered at the idea of doing so. Or perhaps you remember, as I do, the experience of seeing some self-appointed prophet roaming around the court square when you were a child, wild-eyed, hands outstretched, shouting at the top of his lungs about judgment and hellfire and the end of days. He was, in very demonstrable fashion, offering his witness. And at times, that can be a scary word. Still, we read the word of God as found in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. It is word in which we are told John bore witness to Jesus. It is word in which John the Baptist tells us, I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. And we notice, we are not yet out of the first chapter of John's Gospel, and already there is multiple reference to the importance of witnessing to the one whom John announces as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The theme of this importance of witness will only grow as the Gospel of John unfolds before us. Comparing the Gospel of John to the other three Gospels, we discover that in the Gospel of Matthew, there are six references to some form of the word witness. In the Gospel of Mark, four references to some form of the word witness. The Gospel of Luke, three references. In the Gospel of John, how many references to the word witness? Anyone? 28. 28, Jill. How did you know that? <laughs> she is an adept biblical student. 28. You counted, didn't you? You counted. Okay, good, thank you. <laughs> and you know that clearly the practice of witness is at the heart of the Gospel of John. So this Gospel tells us. He came for testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Jesus said, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness to me. 
But when the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to me. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth that you also may believe. This is the disciple who is bearing witness to these things and who has written these things that we know that his testimony is true. This practice of witness is at the heart of John's gospel. Perhaps because John understands this truth, the truth being that we all offer our witness as individuals and as those gathered within this body of Christ. In other words, we cannot live lives of faith without offering some type of witness. We are not neutral beings. God has not set us here as those who are disconnected from the rest of the world. Again, as individuals, as those gathered within this community of faith, we offer a witness. It's a witness seen by those in this community and beyond the question, what manner of witness is it? I'm grateful for the timely witness of Brian Blount. Brian Blount is president of Union Presbyterian Seminary in Richmond. In the most recent seminary newsletter, Blount speaks of what he sees as the role of the church in the public square. And he has asked the question, when you think about the church in the public square, what worries you and what gives you hope? He answers, what worries me is that we, the church, will become so focused on survival that we will forget what our mission is. The larger church is struggling. The mainline denominations, even evangelical churches, are seeing struggles in terms of membership. A concern is that we are becoming secularized like Europe so that faithfulness becomes a marginal reality, not central to who we are as people. But when survival becomes the key mission, we've lost our connection with the biblical mandate, and that was never about survival. You have a man with 12 disciples following doing the kinds of things that are heading to the cross. Clearly, survival was not what was on his mind. On his mind was representing the rule of God in the present, regardless of the cost. That's the message. We should focus not on numbers and buildings and survival. My hope and joy is how well we can envision what God's future looks like and how much we are willing to do to make that future realizable in the present moment. For the first two Sundays of the year 2020, we have given great attention to the witness of the sacraments here at First Church, sacraments by which we make God's future realizable in this present moment. Two weeks ago, we gathered at the Lord's table. 
And we found our place there with the unusual, surprising company of those magi, those astrologers, may have read their horoscopes that morning, traveled from the east to worship Jesus. Last Sunday, we remembered the baptism of Jesus. We remembered our baptism. I am grateful for the witness offered by these sacraments, grateful for a witness that reaches beyond these two Sundays and touches every day of the year, including this day. I'm also grateful for the witness of the late Rachel Held Evans, a witness extending powerfully beyond the sad end of her life, this mother of two young children having died at age 37 last May. In her book, Searching for Sunday, this gifted interpreter of the faith tells of why she shaped the writing of this book around the witness of the sacraments of the church. Evans writes, it seemed fitting to arrange the book around the sacraments that drew me back to church after I'd given up on it. When my faith had become little more than an abstraction, a set of propositions to be affirmed or denied, the tangible, tactile nature of the sacraments invited me to touch, smell, taste, hear, and see God in the stuff of everyday life again. They got God out of my head and into my hands. They reminded me that Christianity isn't meant to simply be believed. It's meant to be lived, shared, eaten, spoken, and enacted in the presence of other people. They reminded me that try as I may, I can't be a Christian on my own. I need a community. I need the church. As Barbara Brown Taylor puts it, in an age of information overload, the last thing any of us needs is more information about God. We need the practice of incarnation by which God saves the lives of those whose intellectual ascent has turned them dry as dust, who have run frighteningly low on the bread of life, who are dying to know more God in their bodies, not more about God, more God. The Word became flesh, dwelt among us, came into this neighborhood. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away everything that would separate us from God. You may know the Martinsville Warming Shelter is now hosted at Forest Hills Presbyterian Church. A lot of Presbyterian talk in this sermon, isn't there? <laughs> Kristen Anderson, formerly on staff at Redwood United Methodist Church in Rocky Mount, has graciously agreed to coordinate this ministry which provides shelter for the homeless of this area during especially cold weather. Many churches, service agencies, and local merchants have worked together to support this shelter. Many volunteers support this shelter in its efforts to help our neighbors in need. 
Still, Kristen shares with some reluctance and no small measure of pain of how she was approached this past week by an individual whose only purpose of contacting me was to tell me they disagreed with my personal beliefs and that because of that, they and their church couldn't support the work I do in the community. Kristen is admirably careful in not identifying the person who spoke these words, whether the person is male or female, the church to which the person belongs. Still, she offers some contrasting witness. She presents the witness of this person who disagrees with her work on behalf of our neighbors in need. It appears to be a witness in which the person is saying, my personal prejudices matter more than providing food and shelter for my brother and sister in need. A witness which says, my interpretation of faith is above reproach. It is more important to support this than to fill the hungry belly of my neighbor, than to make sure he or she is given a place of shelter during a cold night. It's a witness saying, my interpretation of faith is the measure by which we reach out to those in need. If the persons in need don't live according to what I declare to be right and wrong, it's acceptable, they go hungry and suffer in the cold. In contrast to this witness, is the witness presented by Kristen. Her witness, my personal belief is that we should love everyone, everyone, no matter their race, creed, immigration status, sexual orientation, or identity. As Christians, we are called to love, to show God's grace, to show compassion, to extend a helping hand, and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. I believe that Christians should be the greatest example of this type of love, the love that is unconditional, and the love that we are instructed to show others in Scripture. Again, brothers and sisters, we offer a witness to Christ in one form or another. The lives we live speak to our allegiance to the Lord we follow. They speak of how seriously we follow this Lord whose name we carry. This Lamb of God is sent to take away all that would separate us from God. According to the Gospel of John, it appears our witness should be clear. Behold the Lamb of God who died for the sins of not just a few, but for the sins of the world. Witness may be a scary word to, to think of how it is that God loves those unlike us just as much as God loves us. But God will be God, God will have his way, and may this be the God to whom we witness above all else. Amen. We stand as we sing.
remain standing, please. I invite us to respond to the word as we affirm our faith with words of scripture from 1 Timothy. They are before us, also number 889 in our hymnals. There is one God, and there is one mediator, Christ Jesus, who came as a ransom for all to whom we testify. This thing is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in throughout the world, taken up in glory. Great indeed is the mystery of the gospel. Amen. And as we stand, we welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. Before we receive the offering, just a, a report from yesterday's ministry of the food bank and clothes closet, because again, your giving helps make that ministry happen. Thank John and Linda Adams for their leadership here and for their report, in which they speak of, by way of the food bank, we reached out to 120 families, packed 182 boxes and served 393 people. By way of the clothes closet, served 87 families and 334 people total. Uh, had Ten people here from Magna Vista Beta Club, wonderful people from the church. So it is a gift to be able to reach out to God as we serve our neighbors. And thank you again for your gifts that make this ministry possible. I'll invite our ushers to come forward as we receive God's tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Lord, you do bless us beyond measure. Your love for us is beyond bounds. Touch us, Lord, that we would be faithful witnesses to your love for us and all you have made. Receive these gifts, we pray, that they may bring glory to your name and blessing to your people. Amen.
seated. And as you remember from the conversation with our children, this is a time in which we go to God as those who ask and seek and knock, as those who go to God with an attitude of praying without ceasing. So we share in the prayers of the people. It is a responsive time of prayer in which I will name a series of petitions and conclude with the words, Lord, in your mercy, and I invite from you the response to hear our prayer. I invite you to name those prayer concerns you carry with you to this time of worship as well. And then we pray as Christ has taught us. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the witness of those who have gone before us, those who have shared with us of the Lamb of God who takes away all sin, even our own. We thank you for the witness of John the Baptist, of ancestors in our faith, of teachers, leaders, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, siblings, friends. Lord, it is your pleasure to bless us beyond measure, to give to us all things, even your own Son, as those who receive from the most gracious of givers, it is our prayer that we would be faithful witnesses and that we would demonstrate the great joy that we know over being forgiven and healed and reconciled unto you, that because of this we would reach out to those we meet with a faithful witness to the Lamb of God. Lord, in your mercy, Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear Here's Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. Hear for the warming shelter. For blessings on the Alma Trio, which Michelle and Sarah Wardle Jones are members of. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. Bishop Lewis, Denise Bates, the Ministries of First Church, the United Methodist Church, 
Lord, in your mercy. Lord, hear our prayers, joined with those of your saints. We know their presence now. We hear their voices lifted with ours, praying as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. We stand as we sing. Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of us all, and be faithful witnesses to all God is doing in this place and beyond. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thank you.